Welcome back to YesX or No Audio. Hello everybody. It is Tuesday the 8th of August 2023 and it is approaching 11pm on the east coast of Australia. I had a discussion with a friend of mine who's an American citizen recently and preceding that I'd read what I thought was a thought-provoking article from Bernard at Moon of Alabama. And I have just listened to the most recent discussion between Judge Napolitano and Ray McGowan, uh, which was very thought-provoking. So I thought I'd sort of throw those all up in the air and come to some sort of random conclusions. So, let's begin with the article from Bernard. And he found a tweet uh, whereby there were four instances in a row, not in a row, but a sequence. So on one day, there would be an article about grift within the Biden family, largely Hunter, you know, whatever. So corruption within the Biden family. Okay. And then the next day, there would be uh, an indictment would be issued against Trump. And there were four of them, you know, July the 3rd and July the 4th and September the 17th and September the 18th and whatever it was, but four of them spread over several months. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. So it's, it's looking a little bit like a political campaign. So an attack on Trump as a, as a deflection away from uh, the uh, revelations of the obvious nature of the grift within the Biden family. So I raised, when I was having my discussion with my good friend, the American citizen, he was expressing his concern about the uh, uh, charges against Trump. Uh, and I was sort of going, oh, it looks like a political campaign. And he came back rather well. And he said, well, you should also understand that uh, Biden's legal team are notified of the charges against him 48 hours before they become public. And so that was interesting. And I thought, oh, so it could actually be a revert. So it could well be instead of uh, the Democratic machine and the Biden troop using the filings lodged against Trump as a deflection against the media attention placed on the Biden family, it could be the other way around, that the charges are lodged against Trump. His lawyers find out 48 hours before it goes public. They then, you know, create uh, media attention on the corruption in the Biden family. So it could be either way, the, you know, the political nature of these, these things. So that, <coughs> it was a very interesting discussion. But in any case, I was sort of not terribly concerned about the whole Trump thing because I consider him a con man and a grifter and... <laughs> Like, what else is new? He's just a bit more random than, than your regular groomed, um, uh, approved US uh, politician. But he was very concerned because the three of the charges were quite serious. Yeah, they were attempts to pervert the electoral system. And so he had a discussion and he explained his concerns. And I had to admit, yes, this is a, you know, it's a pretty serious attack on election integrity within uh, the US political system. And so, all right, yes, yes, friend, I agree, it's pretty serious, and therefore he should stand trial for these uh, pretty serious uh, things. But I was still not entirely thinking that this was the worst thing in the world, because as far as I'm concerned, the US political system is a rigged game, 
And it's just different versions of, of perversion and corruption and grifting, <laughs> as far as I look at it. So, anyway, to now to move on to the discussion between McGovern and Napolitano. Of course, that began largely around what's, what's happening in, in Ukraine. And, of course, in complete contravention <laughs> of what Sleepy Joe has been saying, the Russians have already lost. No, the Russians have already won. What they are doing is choosing the right way to conclude the thing. <laughs> what, is the, what is the opportune moment? When will this happen? So, sorry about that. That's just pings on the phone and all that stuff. Anyway, <clears throat> so that's my conclusion, that uh, Ukraine is royally screwed. Seriously. They, they, not only have they lost their populations half of what it was or thereabouts, most of the people in, um, uh, in Ukraine who've emigrated have emigrated to Russia. Interesting article by, uh, what's his name, first name, I forget, Kovalik. He's a US uh, human rights lawyer. Recently made a visit to Russia and went to the Donbass. Uh, anyway, great article, and that was published at uh, Natalia's Place. I'll throw links to the stuff below. Um, so, yeah. Ukraine's royally screwed. <clears throat> okay, that's pretty obvious. But what does it mean in, in the, the greater sort of global perspective? Where are we up to on the sort of big map? Uh, and so what we have is that uh, despite all of the economic sanctions that were thrown against Russia, they all failed completely. Russia's economy will grow by 1.5% uh, this, uh, the coming financial, this calendar year, which is financial year in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, and is doing just fine, thank you very much, despite all the sanctions. I mean, I'm sure they're a little bit pissed off about God knows how many billions of US dollars in foreign reserves were gathered by the ECB and various American banks. But, you know, that's small change, really, when you're dealing with a, a national economy of that size. So, anyway, they're doing just fine, thank you very much. Meanwhile, uh, the trade alliances, uh, in terms of, you know, China is the big economy, right? So it is in coordination with Russia and other key players within the SEO and the BRICS set up, reorganising international trade and finance, essentially. So on the finance front, they're building their own replacements for SWIFT, and that's happening in Russia and China and, in, and uh, Iran and so forth. And we've seen that Saudi Arabia's quietly stuck its finger up at the US and said, no, we're just going to sell our oil to the, to the Chinese in Renminbi and, you know, screw you. you know, China came in and you know, solved partially the Syria thing and da 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 There's all this very interesting stuff going on. So the trade alignment shifts and the Belt and Road Initiative, all that stuff's going on. What, meanwhile, the US, what's the US doing? Still spending half its discretionary spending on the military, which is very expensive. You know, the military industrial complex, la la la, they make plenty of money out of that too. And there's all the other grifting parts of that too. The lobby groups for big pharma and big oil and la 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 la, and they're still printing lots of money. But <clears throat> what's happening in the background at, at the social level is that a lot of the middle class has been wiped out. A lot of the US population are quite poor. They work multiple jobs. They don't have enough money to withstand sudden emergencies. And, and that's, you know, that's not good. It creates a very unstable uh, social environment. Of course, that's been played upon in various methods with Black Lives Matter here and gay rights there and gun ownership here and da 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 the usual things and abortion and whatever else it is, you know, the things that the 
get thrown up and thrown around. But in the end, it's about um, uh, social stability and, and financial stability. And if that runs unattended for, for too long, then you end up with people on the streets with pitchforks. So I think that the, the current situation, if we end up with the next president being from the establishment, it doesn't really matter which side, I consider Trump outside of that because he's a bit of a, you know, a bit of a maverick. But it's the same old shit, it's grift in the end anyway. But if, so if you go with the establishment people, what you get is a sort of steady march towards disaster. You know, in a sort of controlled way. Provocations and more stupid spending and on it goes. You know, just like they've been doing for the last 30 years, really. So that's, that's strategy one. Elect the establishment people or, or you can have Trump. And what's that? That's a sort of much more uncontrolled, somewhat quasi-random approach to disaster. You know, it could go horribly wrong very quickly or it could go, you know, not too bad for a little while and, and probably a bit of both. <laughs> So in the end, I don't think it matters terribly much who gets elected because unless they make really fundamental changes to how the government um, provides services, and the you know the US model theoretically is right, it's a free market, and this is bullshit. We all know that it's been controlled. They segmented the markets back in the days of the robber barons, right? You get steel, I get rail, you, you get electrics. I get, so it's a busted ass. But there is actually a free market there in a sense. But as soon as markets become, you know, products start to dominate, it's like, it's sort of parceled out. You get this, you know, who gets telco? All right, we'll split it here. You get the east, I get the west. <laughs> la, 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 it's all. Yeah, <clears throat> anyway. So, and then, so that's the process. And then the social services aren't really there. They're sort of handed out to the free market. And then that's the whole thing since the Clintons is we'll keep the prices down. If we keep the prices down, then everyone will sort of get along. Meanwhile, China's building its you know, manufacturing capacity and all of a sudden, woohoo, that largest economy in the world, which is what's causing all the trade realignment. So <clears throat> essentially, the US has to really, I think, think about what it's doing and where it's going. Uh, because the other point, which is, again, partially comes up through the um, McGovern discussion, is I think that the US's ability to project military force is waning. And that is because the era of the aircraft carrier is uh, at an end with the advent of hypersonic missiles. You know, they're basically big, large, floating ducks. <laughs> Uh, and what this means is that the old carrier group, you know, rule the seas thing, doesn't really cut it that much anymore. And then if you look at their um, their air force and so forth, you've got the F thirty five debacle. It doesn't work at all. Da, 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 da. So it's quite interesting. <clears throat> so I think that the rest of the world is also recognizing that the US can't do force projection in quite the same way that it could, still has very, very large economy. And so that's, that's really the key part. But it doesn't have the, the force projection that it used to. And so there's a, with China, Russia having the advantage in terms of hypersonic missiles, and they've dramatically, dramatically improved their uh, satellite and especially electronic warfare capabilities, it's it's sort of a different playing field. And McGregor's been talking about this too uh, in his discussions with Molitano and others, that the, the conflict that we've seen in Ukraine is actually a new form of war, um, really dominated by ISR, what do they call it, 
intelligent surveillance reconnaissance, right? So the idea is to be able to rapidly direct artillery, missile strikes, whatever, based upon your uh, data that's coming from satellites and drones and, and whatever. So, uh, yeah, which I thought was very interesting. It's a, it's a different sort of genre. It's not World War Two again. It's complete or Vietnam. It's completely different. It's not, you know, like the the conflicts in... Um, it's probably closest to that in Syria, actually. It's probably the closest. Um, but but it, but at a vastly different scale. You know, we've seen the numbers reported about the number of people who've had, you know, one or more limbs destroyed. You know, we're talking World War One Disastrous. So it's a, it's a scale of intensity that hasn't been seen before and it's being fought in a new way, uh, according to... Uh, Colonel McGregor. So that's been interesting. And last, the last thing I wanted to mention was the the discussion of the fourteen uh, Chinese and Russian uh, ships sailing uh, in international waters uh, off the coast of Alaska. You know, having a little merry time running past the Aleutians, <laughs> and all of a sudden there's some uh, Republican senator from Alaska all in a tiz about why we got all these, you know, Russian and Chinese ships off the coast of Alaska. And uh, the question, the reverse question is, why have you been running all of your ships near the, in the South China Sea? So, yeah. So, you know, so what, what the hell are they doing there? Well, the answer is they're running a freedom of navigation patrol, my friend. So, yeah, so I think that... that my, not, I appreciate my friend being concerned about the um, election integrity uh, within the US, but I think it's a bit of a furphy in a sense because it's, it's all quite a rigged game to begin with. But what's really happening uh, is on a, on a global level is quite this, the emergence of China and its ally in Russia and the BRI project and the SCO group and BRICS against the US which is losing its ability to project power as it used to be able to. And there's a lot of change happening in Europe as well. And a lot of that is driven by the stupidity of the response to the generated Ukraine conflict. So the, the prices of uh, energy in Europe have gone through the roof and that's had a disastrous effect on sectors of its economy and particularly uh, the German economy. So, and then, you know, other price rises in food and da, da, da. So there's a shift happening and I really think that the Ukraine conflict will be, in the end, it will be the Europeans that call the end of it rather than the Americans because I think that they know that they're going to have to pick up the pieces and pay for the reconstruction. So, and they're going to have to deal with the polls and what happens there. And da, da, da. So there's a lot of complex stuff to be played out. And we are also seeing that essentially this is the death of NATO, in a sense too. It had its happy days after the USSR was disbanded and NATO rose as the big, you know, super mighty power thing and now it's all just proven how hollow it's been so very interesting times right? 
different styles of warfare, NATO's been hollowed out, political change happening in Europe, US heading towards a cliff unless they make some serious adjustments, the rise of China and the Asian uh, alliances that are, that are occurring. And it'll be really interesting to see what happens uh, in South America because that's a major threat if that starts aligning as it is uh, with BRICS slash the SCO slash China, then that really shifts the, the situation for the US as well. So it's all very interesting. And the, the, um, the, the perennial question is, what the hell is going to happen in Africa? And of course, we've got this thing going down in Nigeria at the moment. So who knows what's going on? I've got no idea what that's all about. So anyway, interesting days. But So I encourage you to uh, listen to Ray McGovern. <laughs> he makes me think. Uh, and yeah. And, and have interesting chats with your friends about you know what, what's up with them. So all of this ramble was based upon upon that. A chat with a friend, reading an article, and then listening to McGovern. Anyway, I hope you're all well. Have a good one. Catch you next time. Mm-hmm.